Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast by Wales Online. Uh, I'm Ben James, I'm joined by Andy Howell to uh, have a look back at uh, a weekend of European rugby. It's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts, hasn't it? It has, Ben. So the uh, end of the interna- autumn internationals, I, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good to be back on, the, uh, on a microphone uh, after your um, weekend jaunt to England, to uh, yeah. Northampton and Assassins. Enjoy yourself at uh, Alliance Park, Ben. Um, yeah, it was a, a decent game. Um, obviously, Blues didn't get the result they wanted. Um, can't say I'm overly keen on the setup of the ground, um, but I'll, I'll leave my sort of complaints about the architecture for another time. Um, but we'll, we'll start with the game that you attended. Uh, on Friday night, let's let's start with that. And I was at Scarlets um, against Elster. Pretty much needed to win, didn't they, to keep for sure to keep hopes alive. Uh, they didn't. So that would be curtains. Curtains for the Scarlets. Uh, what what, what went wrong? Uh, wasn't quite good enough on the night. Yeah, Elster. That's the best. I must say that's the best I've seen Elster play for a, a long time. Tippy away from home, and they uh, could tell it was a European uh, tie because they really picked it up. Of course, they had their best players uh, uh, playing. Uh, Elster far, far the better side in the first half. Uh, obviously, things were said in the Scarlet's dressing room in the second half, and uh, they made a real good fist of it. Inspired by uh, the running of Jonathan uh, Davis, he dragged him up by the bootlaces, and uh, there's one point in it. At the end, you know, uh, Scarlet scored a try with about three minutes to go, trying to win it at the end, but couldn't quite. But really, if they had won, it would have been a bit unfair on Elster. Elster was scoring for the three in tries, and uh, Elster, the only problem Elster had was their goal kicking. John Cooney's let him down a bit. If he kicked his goals, they would have been, you know, by a, a, a margin, they probably deserved a win. Um, press with them. Uh, Scarlet's were. Um, the bottom line is the Scarlets is they lost Agburn and John Barkley from uh, last season from their pack both moved on uh, for international reasons I guess been without Alan Shingler all season key man Jake Ball has hardly played adds power so straight away you take out a half of last season's uh, first uh, choice pack so they are a bit underpowered people they brought in Blade Thompson who's uh, uh, you know, he's a good back rower, but spends a lot of his time playing the wide channels, not not doing the sort of nitty gritty type work. And on the floor, the burn and back he did. He's out injured. Uh, Kazim, South African, didn't last long at the uh, weekend. We yet, you know, we we yet to know what we make of him. And uh, and a couple of other signings as well. Uh, Blomkies, is it the full back? Yeah. yeah, he's disappeared. And uh, yeah, the big disappointment for me actually is the. Uh, Sam Adelzio Klein, who I thought would be challenging Gareth Davis to be scrum half, but yet he was only on a bench the weekend because Kieran Hardy pulled out on a day of the game because his partner gave, uh, gave um, birth. So, yeah, and the Scarlet's got loads of injuries as well, no Lee, Lee Halfpenny and uh, other people missing as well. So, they, uh, yeah, so they're struggling a bit. That's the thing. I think you, you, I spoke to Pivak in, um, before the season started and sort of asked him the question, how, how do you replace... Ty Byrne and John Barkley and, and sort of what they looked to do is they it was it was a sort of process of not just replacing what Ty Byrne and John Barkley did but adding other facets to their game um, and the way they were going to do that was by adding you're not just going to replace Ty Byrne with another second row because 
he's, he's tight burn you know you look what he's done on the last two years uh, unless you, you you find another you know diamond in the rough it's just not going to happen so they look to replace what Tyburn brought to the team with two or three players, which would have been Blake Thompson and Casium, uh, Ed Kennedy to an extent. Obviously, injuries haven't helped that. Um, and the other, the other thing with this, uh, as I said, you know, they're trying to replace Tyburn. They also wanted to build on the game, which uh, goes back to last year's Europe European campaign. Obviously, you remember the game against Bath at Parker Scarlets. Yeah. Bath did a real number on that night. Um, just, just, you know, totally act muscled them in the tight and strangled the Scarlets. And <coughs> that is, it was it was the sort of game the Scarlets are sort of vulnerable to losing. So he wanted he wanted to sort of make them sort of more uh, resilient in those conditions. And I think I think what's happened is yeah, injuries have just meant that rather than sort of. Str- Replacing Tyke Burn and strengthening elsewhere, they've just been left in a halfway house, haven't they? Yeah, well, they struggle between yeah. numbers. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, and of course as well, they've uh, yeah Scott Williams joined the Ospreys. Alan Davis joined the Ospreys. I, I think Scott Williams is an underrated player. Myself, bit of glue there, so I do think they're missing his uh, presence a bit. And Alan Alan Davis, of course, was a viable alternative to uh, Gareth Davis at number nine. So I think also losing them with. Uh, were blows yeah. and uh, Reese Patchell it's not as his best since that concussion um, you know he didn't seem to have the confidence again at the um, at the weekend and, and uh, Ulster clearly targeted him put him under uh, pressure and were, and Ulster when they had a the ball in fairness to him they recycled so quickly they had a quick ball on the front foot it's hard to defend against and um, the two tries he scored were on the fringes you know some real soft defending some big holes were left there and uh, Cooney put runners uh, through gaps and they just waltzed over and of course their first try as well it wasn't a great defending by Jonathan Davis or by the Keystone Cops Steph Evans and uh, Gareth uh, Davis Jacob uh, Stockdale everything he uh, does seems to turn to gold and he uh, did come up with a really good uh, finish or really should be nailed I the other sort of uh, maybe alarming thing is in previous seasons uh, Wayne Pivak has, has been able to get his Scarlet's Scarlet team to peak at the right times of the season often with with injuries you think back to the bath game of the wreck uh, they didn't have half penny he pulled out late and so there was all this sort of uh, sort of jigging about with the back line Patrick, 15, 15 yeah. Dan Jones mm. Paul Asquith Tom Friday were sort mm. of on the wings it was by no means a sort of Settled back line, you know, no Johnny McNichol. Well, yeah, but but they, were, but they, you know, they were going well up front. Yeah. Then at the weekend, Kazim went off early on. Uh, Lewis Rawlins went off early on. Uh, they just haven't got the pack. So it's a struggle if you uh, if your pack's not, you know, is only average and not really uh, uh, come forward. It's a lot more difficult for the backs, isn't it? So they were trying to do stuff in the backs on the, uh, the weekend when uh, you know I sort of static ball. Yeah, whereas at Bath that season they've gone forward it was a lot easier then yeah. so what what next then for the Scarlets because you know this is well, we, all, we all know it's Wayne Pivak's last season and this is probably yeah of course anticlimactic a, a way to finish the what about the Pro 14 that's a big goal yeah but we always knew that his his, his, his end goal was to win the, re- win the Champions Cup yeah but that's not going to happen no 
No. So, uh, is it antibiotic? Of course, people are already creeping out of the woodwork. You know, saying, oh, Pivot, no, it shouldn't have been, uh, Wales shouldn't have pointed him so early. It shouldn't have, yeah, and it shouldn't have been announced how they could have kept it under wraps. I don't know. And, that's probably uh, worse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Keep it under wraps. We well, won't keep it under wraps because someone will find out. Whispers start to come about. They're going to come out. Someone will find out, wouldn't they? Yeah. And it'd be, you know, be published somewhere. So, um, you know, people are coming out with all that. So that's the reason for the scarlets. Uh, um, scarlets, you know, losing it attached uh, like uh, to, uh, I think the reasons we wrote by you know, that, that that's what's actually happened. And Pivak, you know, he's uh, he's just proven operator. He's a good operator, and he spoke so well after the game at the weekend. Uh, you know what they will do now is put all their priority on the um, on uh, winning the Pro 14. The first goal, of course, is and it's the same for all the regions. Is to qualify for next season's Champions Cup. Second goal then is to win them. You know, it's, it's, then is the oh, second goal is um, is then to, to to try and win the uh, Pro 14. Yeah, you know, Scarlets. You could argue Scarlets were in the Champions Cup to try and win it, whereas the perhaps you wouldn't say the same about Cardiff Blues. Was it your first year first, of the yeah, journey for, for them? You know, Scarlets have never not been in the Champions Cup. Yeah, I know, but that just shows their pedigree, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, so you know, yeah. they you know, they are almost like, uh, I did compare them to the country boys in Ireland, really, Munster. Except Munster have won the Champions Cup and uh, won Europe, yeah. and uh, Scarlets haven't, but Scarlets, you know, they punch way above their weight. Really, so it's not. It's, you know, it's, I don't think there's nothing fundamentally wrong with the scars. It's just it, by law of averages, they're probably going to have a lot more injuries this season, and that's what has, what's happened. You take out all those players; it's difficult to replace. Yeah, uh, I don't think a replacement to come in as good as the ones who were there. But so, from a from one sort of injury crisis to what looks slowly like it's becoming another. That's the Cardiff Blues. Um, I was in uh, Northwest London um, yesterday to, to to watch them uh, go down against Saracens at a uh, real sort of game of two halves. But um, the worrying thing for John Overhill is four injuries in his back line, which probably more than anything really turned turned the tide in that one and and probably ended up. Being the main reason why that scoreline was fifty-one twenty-five, um, Saracens probably would have still won had, had Blues not had four injuries. But so they, they, they would got injured. Lloyd Williams went off with a facial injury after twenty minutes. Uh, Jason Harries went off. I think that was quite a nasty injury. Uh, just after half time, so Gary Smith then went on the wing. Who uh, bring on in mid centre? Oh no, Garen Smith was on the bench. Oh, was he? Yeah, uh, Jared Evans yeah, went off because he started twelve. Only yeah. twelve. Looked good. Him and Anscombe looked really good. It was that was a sort of pleasing, uh, pleasing little sort of dynamic they had going there. Mm. And you know, Mobile was happy afterwards. Um, so yeah, Jared Evans went off though after forty-five minutes. Uh, he he hurt himself making a really big hit uh, in the first half, and so he's. Hopefully that's just a, a, a sore shoulder and nothing more. So Steve Shingler came on, and um, there was another injury, but it's um, it's gone. Uh, yeah, well, they, it was there uh, in I the same promise. boat then. In one similar boat to the Scarlets, if you like, it was a lot of their you know better players, if you like, and then uh, and, and you know you're struggling with depth. 
uh, other players who, who coming on, you know, just not quite as good. Um, I look at that scoreline, and it reminds me of last time I went to Saturdays, which was that season before last, I think, when Scarlets went there. Uh, would that be right? Season before yeah, last? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And they got absolutely smashed like this. And uh, but then they think they drew the rematch. So I wrote that they, they did, beat yeah. them. Yeah, they, they, they drew twenty-two, twenty-two. And they beat too long, was it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, that was the coming of the Scarlets, if you like. And uh, second half, Scarlets got uh, or Scarlets got blown away up there. I've seen it with the, uh, all the Welsh regions. Actually, it happened to Scarlets this season at Leicester. They got blown away yeah. in the final quarter. I've seen the Ospreys and the Scarlets and the Blues all get blown away in Exeter. And these things happen on the road in England. No, it almost seems to me sometimes it's whether the old body's going to need to manage the uh, intensity, intensity for, for so long, maybe, because when they play in the Pro 14, you know, they're, not so, they're not so much on it and all, and, uh, and perhaps they're not, are they that prepared for Europe? What do you think? That's a good point. Um, yeah, I think if you, look at the, if you look at the Cardiff Blues tackle count... Uh, it would have been, I think it was thirty missed tackles, which you just can't—you can't be doing that against Saracens. Yeah. So that's stress, man. Saracens like Leinster, the top side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's stress that you know. I would um, say one of those appears like you win the tournament. Oh, definitely. Yeah, um, Harry Millard was the other one to go off. I just remember. So that's that's that's, that's, your, that's your centre partnership. Both gone off injured. He's a youngster. Got a lot of time for. Yeah. So um, first half, Cardiff Blues defended. Really well, really aggressively. We're forcing uh, Saracens back. You know, Owen Farrell wasn't having an armchair right by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, a lot of the time, Saracens were going back, and that's testament to how aggressively uh, and sort of creatively Cardiff Blues defended, um, which we haven't always seen this season, have we? I think, particularly at the start of the season, they they looked a lot, they looked quite loose in defence, which yeah, which is na- which is natural because you consider that last year they had Sean Edwards. Uh, working alongside mm-hmm. them, so you you, you you sort of lose Sean Edwards in the summer. They were looking at fortnight ago at Glasgow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they, they, they awful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they you know then first half against Saracens defended really well. Backline got decimated by injuries. Players got tired. Um, Ollie Robinson got simbined. Um, so they were up against it. Up against it, yeah. But um, there's more than enough positives to take from that first half. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a fast track at Saracens, which yeah. is which it is two at the Arms Park. So there's that going for them. The concern for the return game is who's going to play in that backline. Hmm. Some of the other guys who missed the match are really low success. Are they going to be fit? Um, really low might be. I'm not certain. Uh, Willis Halaholo, no. Uh, who else is out long term? Tom James is just Owen Lane. Owen Lane, yeah, he's out. I don't think Tom James might have played the weekend for the club team. Didn't yeah, he? Tom James is sort of just making his return to rugby now. After I think he's, he's had injuries, isn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, there's there's a fair few sort of. I think they've they've got 15 injuries at the minute. Scott uh, Cardiff Blues, if you if you count the four they had on the weekend, nine of those are in the back line. So it is going to be tough. Obviously, you've got. Reen Williams is one of those so very long term injury mm. but it'll be, it'll be sort of tough to see what backline uh, they name um, they'd hope Jared Evans is fit 
Yeah. Because that means they can sort of probably pick the same sort of 10, 12, 15 axis. Mm. Uh, which, considering how experimental it looked um, when we saw the teams late last week, worked uh, worked pretty well. Um, obviously, you know what you're getting from Anscombe. Yeah. Uh, worked, worked nicely with um, Jared Evans and then uh, Matthew Morgan. I'm sure you've seen the try, haven't you? I have seen try. What a fantastic try! It's what the what, he, what Morgan is uh, capable of, and uh, what pleased me the most about that try was when he put Mr. Owen Farrell on his backside because they were some Keystone cops defending from Farrell and Richard Wigglesworth. Yeah, it was um... a great handoff from Wigglesworth. Dumped him as well. Great strength by Morgan, who is actually he's deceptively strong. It was a bit more sort of Maori sidestep than yeah, it was. normal sidestep for Matthew Morgan, wasn't it? Normally he's, he's looking for the space, but he, he went for... He didn't really have the space, so he had to go for, try and go for yeah. him. And he succeeded, it was a brilliant try, fantastic. And the, I mean, the, he's, when he put the assassin's kick and Sean Maitland was bearing down on him, that was a great little step to get away from him. And he switched on a gas and... Uh, through the first line and uh, got really uh, it was a fantastic finish there and you could see some Sarsen supporters I think were even applauding uh, it some yeah you know it was a lot of sight on a rugby field Matthew Morgan yeah exactly it was, it was tough for Matthew Morgan because um, you can't see it on TV but the wind was behind Matthew Morgan there so it it, it, it made the kick hang mm. so Sean Maitland was right on it. Yeah, he was. Um, so yeah, so t- to do what he did then was uh, you know brilliant. Mm. Um, well, I mean, he was doing that when he was under twenty level and under twenty yeah. level uh, internationally, and he was doing it only at the Ospreys, uh, albeit all from outside half, which was his uh, first position. And I was still like, it was his proper right foot position. I think he's a really good outside half. I think he might, might struggle to get some game time at flight after the Blues. Yeah, I know. What would be interesting if Matthew Morgan was uh, an Australian or a New Zealander uh, is where he would be in the outside half standards. I know they would have handled him uh, when he was uh, younger. Yeah. Uh, when he burst on a scene against Leicester for the Ospreys, Tony McGann, uh, who was coaching uh, Munster, I'm not sure if McGann, it's McGann he was at the Rebels and might still be there Melbourne Rebels awesome. McGann said like I said if Matthew Morgan was an Aussie or a New Zealander he would have been playing Super Rugby at that time because they would have played him to see if he had it because what's happening in Wales oh he needs more experience he's small etc etc exact opposite of what New Zealanders are doing with Damon McKenzie there we go <laughs> sickens uh, me Ben I can tell um, right, that's the Champions Cup taken care of. So the Blues, of. just one final thing on the oh, Blues. Yeah. Blues, I mean, they've got to beat Tarsons this weekend to be, have any chance of, uh, of progressing from the pool because yeah. I think the Leon game is a gimme uh, yes. for the Blues, maximum five points. Ideally, this weekend, it'll be very difficult for it to happen. Fair, we can only dream they need a five point yeah. against Tarsons, but Tarsons getting nothing. Actually, the, wor- the worst thing that happened for the Blues this weekend was. On Saturday, with, oh, Glasgow, with Glasgow, 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 uh, Leon, Glasgow going right. to Leon and, and thumping them. Yeah, yeah. because they just got a point. Uh, it was forty-four twenty-five. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. So uh, you, you, you go to 
Yeah. yeah just, uh, now you know that Glasgow are going to get 10 points from yeah. the Leon doubleheader and yeah. Leon have, st- have stopped taking it seriously. So Yeah, looking at the pools, there's a possibility that both Scottish teams, Glasgow and Edinburgh, both might reach the uh, quarterfinals. Indeed. Which would be really interesting. Yeah, so let's um, let's go on to the Challenge, Challenge Cup. Cup, where there is hope of a Welsh team qualifying. Yeah, the Ospreys are in pole position after beating uh, uh, Stade Francais, 51-20, at a vastly populated Liberty Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Uh, that score, uh, that score actually uh, flatters the uh, Ospreys because Stade were really competitive, really got stuck in, and it was an hard old game. Uh, you know, the Stade coaching team now is... Uh, uh, and Nicky uh, Myers at the ex South Africa coach. Yeah, yeah. Paul O'Connell is on the uh, yeah, is, yeah. coaching staff. Uh, there's a couple of other ex nationals. He's a line, line out consultant, isn't he? Yeah. Who is, sorry? Paul O'Connell is line out consultant. He, he, yeah, he was there in Bruce, I guess. Yes. And uh, he was sat near us on, a, in, on one of the press benches, and he was that tall, he couldn't get his knees under the desk. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, they got a good coaching team, and you can see not their coaching team, they were clearly up for the challenge themselves. And it got for the players. So Stad, yeah, Stad got really stuck into the Ospreys. Um, what was pleasing is the um, Ospreys defended quite well, and now they uh, ran away with it in the uh, in the fi- well in the final ten minutes. They ran away with it uh, to make the score look a bit lopsided. Yeah. Good performance. The only blemish, Nicky Smith uh, suffered uh, perhaps a serious injury to his left ankle. He's having a scan. Uh, you know, let's hope it, it doesn't reach. That it's not that bad, so that he is back for the Six Nations. But you know, I don't think we can rule anything out at the moment. But um, please didn't see Sam Davis had a good game at uh, outside half. Not only did he kick well, but he probed, had a good, decent game with Ali Davis, making his pass with a decent partnership there. I was really pleased to see uh, Corey Allen uh, doing well at centre, scored a couple of tries. I've always rated uh, Corey Allen, I thought he had a raw deal off the blue, shunted to the wing, etc. I think he's a tidy player. And what was interesting is the Ospreys were playing him inside centre and Scott Williams outside centre. Alan Clark said afterwards, Scott Williams said he's just come back from Armstrong, he's operating on 70%, but he said he's so important, he said, because he's actually coaching when he's on the field. Scott Williams, oh. his coaching ability, his footballing ability. Found that, uh, yeah, quite interesting. Um, yeah, so they, uh, they, they front, you know, the Ospreys out front, up front. They do seem to see yeah. Scott as more than 13, don't they? Because when, yeah. when Owen Watkins fit, they play... He'll play twelve, and yeah. Scott will play thirteen. Yeah, so that was good. That was a decent performance. Yeah, quite the Ospreys going the right way, I think. And uh, and uh, Clark, you yeah. know, with uh, Worcester lost out in uh, in pole, so, so good, good uh, them, that was a good result for the Ospreys. So the um, they got the return now on Friday night against what's, what's uh, Stad. What sort of team do you think he'll take out? He's going to make some changes because obviously the yeah, thing with he's thinking Clark, of Derby. He, he said yeah. his priority, you know, his priorities is what I said earlier: qualifying for Champions Cup next year, then winning Pro 14, and then Challenge Cup is third of the priorities at this moment in time. Yeah. So they will make changes. Will be interesting. Stad came with a mixed team, some first teamers. Is that uh, you know what will Stad be like at home? Will they have the same attitude as this week, which is they do? They'll be dangerous. Plus, the Ospreys have had problems on the road mentally for a number of years. So uh, this result could be uh, could be turned round. Those started out of contention to qualify for the quarterfinals. Yeah. So um, even if um, 
Ospreys lose this game, they still got a chance to come through, I suppose. Uh, what'd be interesting as well was to get on at home to pull next weekend. It could come down, I was looking, it could actually come down to uh, um, Ospreys are pulling for their final game in the uh, in the knockout stage. But at the moment, they keep on winning, they capable, you know, they should be capable of going to start and, uh, and winning. But he will make, he said, he's just going to make changes this week. Some through injury and just others because yeah. their priority is the Christmas derbies. Yeah, I think Alan Clark, more than any sort of regional coach, clearly sort of separates home and away games, doesn't he? Every time we've seen the likes of George North and oh, yeah, Scott well, Williams right? play, so it's always at the Liberty. And he, yeah. I think, you know, Scott needs games, mate, so he might play over there. Yeah, you, you can't really fault what he's done so far this season because there's a, there's a good chance they'll get a playoff place in the Pro 14 because the way the league works... They can probably, you know, pick up bonus point wins at home with the sort of mm. talent they've got. Maybe, maybe get a sort of an Italian and a South African win away, and maybe somewhere else, and that could be enough to to sneak them in. Yeah, yeah, I've got a strong squad, mate. The Ospreys. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Get more fed. That's, that seems to be the problem for everyone at the minute, doesn't well, it? It is, isn't it? Because rugby's such a tough game. It is right onto the um, the final region. Um, oh, you were there, Ben. Talk yeah. us through the dragons at uh, Northampton, <laughs> and were you driving the bus? What happened with the bus? Oh, should have been driving the bus. Um, so yeah, I I arrived. I think I, I arrived at Franklin's Gardens around. It was a three o'clock kickoff. I got there around twenty to two, which, to be fair, that's still probably sort of it's a bit late for your blog. That's probably a little bit late. Um, I arrived and sort of saw some of our sort of colleagues from uh, other publications and found out that the, the Dragons team had yet to arrive. So, uh, sort of sensing that something was going on, I thought I'd have a go, have a look around, have a little sort of sniff around Franklin's Garden, see if I could find them. And then at two o'clock, an hour before kickoff, in come the, in come the Dragons uh, walking into the stadium. Uh, Dan Bigger was already on the pitch, the Wales and Northampton fly off, he was doing his warm ups. Um, so yeah, that's um, it's hardly ideal preparation. I think the reason was the bus driver had turned up in uh, Newport late. Ah, did he go from Newport or Astrid Munnock? Yes, yeah, so yeah, I think he turned up at Astrid Munnock late, and then I think they got caught in a bit of traffic yeah. uh, outside of Northampton. So that can happen. But for me, I, I know clearly budget reasons is the, is, is the answer but I, I don't see the benefit really in travelling to and from a game on the same day when it's it's a, th- it's a three hour coach journey you know these are professional rugby players and can I put this to you I can only assume that they've, they've done an hour and a half on the on the sort of motorway got off at a service station for a, a quick stretch and done their strapping and then got back on the bus ready because they pretty much had to come out and do their warm up off the bus yeah, obviously they arrived too late. But let me put this to you. Northampton, when they came to the Dragons recently in this tournament, they travelled on the day as well. So, money's I, I tight. Heard, money's heard, tight. Trust me, I've heard that, I've heard that point put yeah. to me on Twitter. And I know. Have you? Yeah, like, yeah, money's, yeah. money's tight. So if they'd stayed, stayed in Northampton the night before, what was, that, what was that going to cost them? A couple, couple of grand on it. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, even say thirty. Say it was thirty. Well, if you said thirty people at um, at hundred pound head, three grand. If you said fifty pound head, obviously fifty hundred. No, 
and it's uh, you know it's a Mickey Mouse tournament isn't it to a lot of stages Challenge Cup uh, and this is the lowest of their targets so uh, I can understand why they don't want to waste money on staying in uh, Northampton the night, be, uh, night before uh, the bottom line is the bus driver should have showed up on uh, if he never uh, which of course is just an allegation uh, you should have, they should have showed up uh, give ourselves more time to go and he should have shown up on time yeah, I think I think I think one of our really, really for them to be going up there, they should have been even nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, um, like I say, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I, I take what you. It wouldn't say, matter. They could, have stayed, they could have stayed there for a week. Yeah. They could have stayed there for a month. They wouldn't have won that game. No, they wouldn't have. And, but I just, you know, this is the thing we talk about. So they, so they lost. If anyone doesn't know the score, they lost forty-eight fourteen. Um, could have been. Past the fifty-point mark, had Dan Bigger kicked a few more uh, penalty uh, conversions, um, you could argue that the forty-eight flatters Northampton because they were no great shakes. Um, but the Dragons were still comfortably second best, and yet the consensus was that this was an improvement on the Leinster game the week before. Could have been any worse, Ben. I covered that match. Could have been any uh, worse against Leinster. The, stroke second, stroke thirds, and, ki- and academy kids. I mean, it's it's always it was always yeah, like you say, it was always going to be an improvement. But it's just the fact that you know the fact that it needs needed to be said. Just clearly, the, the region are trying to improve, but they just, are they not? But they're not, and I, I don't think things like turning up an hour before the game because you don't want to try, you, you don't want to stretch out for a hotel doesn't help with this in, with the sort of overall image of a region who is trying to improve. I did a piece the other day. I said, it, "It is there's so many contradictions and sort of oxymorons around this region at the minute." And well, it's like the old Anglo Welsh Cup, isn't it? How the Welsh regions is a treat down. That's why it was scrapped by the English. It's because of the Welsh regions how they approached the tournament. They got fed up of us. Yeah. Same with the British and Irish, Irish Cup. Cup. Yeah. Same reason. Scrapped that as well. In the end, they had enough of the Welsh. And their attitude towards those tournaments. Mickey Mouse. Talking of Mickey Mouse, uh, I see Alan Wynne Jones is in uh, oh, uh, Disneyland as well at the minute. He's been posing for pictures with uh, yeah, Mickey Mouse, who, uh, you know, and again, we've got a nice little trip from the uh, from the organisation. Right. Hope he's having a good time. Yeah, he would have had a shot, wouldn't he, if it was me dressed up as Mickey Mouse? Well, I think anyone would have a shot if it was you dressed up as Mickey Mouse. Um, oh, what do you mean? I used to be a model for Monica. <laughs> I'm not going to ask. <laughs> But yeah, back, back, back to the Dragons. Um, Let me put it to you, Brent. Let's cut to the chase. Has Bernard Jackman got a future to the Dragons? No. No. Can you, you explain that in more detail, please? <laughs> I don't want to. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I think... For me... Okay, they'll lose to Clermont next week. They, they simply will. Um, unless there's some sort of rugby miracle that I'm just not foreseeing. Um, I know they're getting their Welsh stars back, but... Claremont are getting their French stars back and Claremont will win with a bonus point and then then he's off there you are yeah. so the Dragons might score some tries yeah you know, it could end up, that could end up as like a 50 48 points to, much like the score at the weekend or something like our Dragons could even end up scoring four tries and get a bonus point they might they might um, you know it's not beyond the realms of possibility I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't I don't know whether they've got the bulk really to sort of yeah, but Claremont, you know, they might not want to do too much tackling in that game once they've done their job. 
Perhaps not yeah, like North, 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 rugby, yeah, Northampton. Just Northampton are poor, right? In England, Northampton are poor, right? Yeah. And apart from when Northampton got in the twenty-two, which is where they did a where their bulk showed. Hmm. Just, they, 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 just, they look like a bang average rugby team as well. Just, hmm. just you know, no invention, but they look so comfortable because right. Dragons just couldn't hurt them. Right. So, so you, yeah, I think for for Jackman, it's it's the Welsh derbies. Um, that's where he's going to be judged. For me, if it was any any other coach, any other region, he'd probably go after those three Welsh derbies. I don't know whether the Dragons will dispense of him. Well, surely the WIU, they got the same shareholders there. Surely they need to take some big decisions. Um, I just don't get the impression that anyone's ready to sort of... Well, they're crazy because the way this is going on, they're not going to be selling any, hardly any season tickets for next season. Who's going to want to go and watch them? Even the diehards, they've had a good full. They've given up on it. And yeah. uh, and the other question, the other question for you is: Are the players giving it? Oh, there's some of the players giving up on Jackman. Feels like it. Um, w- 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 do you think this is the this 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 squad this year? Yeah. Where would you rank this in terms of recent Dragon squads? Very good. Yeah. Much better than the, any than the squad they've had since Fallowtown and Rediet. They're now with it. Yeah. Yeah, which is good for you. Yeah, we we haven't had. They've gone backwards this year. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't think of a, of, a, of a time we've seen this Dragons team punch above its weight. You look oh, back. Oh, played to his potential. Yeah, well, even even played to his potential. But you, you always think back to the sort of under Kingsley, under Lynn, under Paul Turner. They always used to. Yeah, remember they used to put the Ospreys away pretty regularly. Put the Ospreys away, Ronnie Parade, um, yeah. Gloucester away in the cha- in the Challenge Cup. Yeah, they used they used to at least produce performances that punched above their weight with lesser squads. Yeah. Now they've got a bunch of Wales internationals, and I just say fourteen players, most of them international. It doesn't seem to be. You know, it's all talk about minor improvements, but it's just going from one height into the next. Isn't it just all talk? Is that that the number of it? It's just talk. Pretty much. You just uh, look at me. I've I've done one dragons game. I'm I'm already (laughs) sort of yeah. Don't get me depressed. As a blog, I I like Bernard Jackman. Yeah, same. I got a lot of time for him. You know, he's great. He's great. He's good blog. And the thing I stress, and I I wish it was working out for him. But and the thing I stress at the moment, I can't unless they do something in his Christmas derbies. Like you, I can't see what the future is. The thing I stress is Bernard is not the he's not he's not the sole problem. Not by not by a long stretch. There's bigger, you know. There's there's other problems at the region. Right, eh? Just well, just just the sort of. You don't forget you've got in all the coaching stuff. Yeah, but you know, I, th- I just What's feel like, the setup. Well, no, but like players' attitude is another thing. So I, I don't no, think right. I don't think getting rid of Jackman is going to be this magic cure. Well, it can be if the players start playing for you. Perhaps, yeah, but it I don't know. Look at Argentina. Didn't want to know under their previous coach. Then Mario Ledesma takes over and he's beat just South Africa and Australia. Yeah, and stuff. So it can help. It does help. And it's same in soccer. If uh, you know Mourinho in his second uh, stint at uh, Chelsea lost the changing room, he didn't last long, and he, people could argue Sims happened in Man United with him. We're getting football talk today as well. This is you know. So a coach, you know, uh, the right coach or right director of rugby could make an almost an instant impact at the Dragons. I'm not going to name who they should take you. Let's see what happens with Bernard over the next few weeks. It's one to watch. But, out but for, it's only one it? thing I would like are the Dragons, and I can't believe that you're not. WRU haven't done this. Fair enough, they've got a board there, a few people on the board, but they should bring in real Gwent rugby men and get them on their board. And I'm talking to people of the ilk 
of uh, Terry Cobner and John Perkins. Get one or both of them on the board. Yep. Blokes who know rugby inside out, real Gwent rugby men, respect, hugely respected, got good ideas. Cobner, ex technical director of the uh, Welsh Rugby Union. Perkins, uh, ex Wales Lock, Ponypool coach, chairman, real bright bloke, intelligent. Do you think he's, he was Wales under 21 team manager at one time? Those are blokes who could help the take the dragons forward. Definitely, you know. So that's, surely that's something that WIU should consider. Again, people like those on board. There we go. Because could you, apart from Dave Butters, could you name anybody on the dragons board? No. There we are. Answer your question. No, I couldn't. No. There we go. That's uh, that's the that's the dragons rant over. Hmm. Um, just a couple of other things quickly to look at for this podcast before we call it a day. Because I know you probably want to catch a drink. There you go. Oh, you got to laugh a little bit. Oh, we so got time. We got time. On that early shift, but you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, first one is uh, a story that you've done today. That's um, the new pay bands. Project reset being signed off. Exciting times. Deal's done. Um, yeah. So, so talk us talk us through these these new pay bands. That's quite well, quite, that's quite, quite a hard task. Yeah, that is quite <laughs> a hard task. I don't bore people anymore than I have already. But uh, yeah, so anyway, Project Reset, which we've been talking about for ages, is basically is the four entities, that's the regions and the WIU, been coming together, if you like, still being in, in, independent, but also reliant on each other, working together, cutting costs along with, um, you know, by pooling resources and... Um, and having key performance indicators, targets they got a hit, and uh, the money then, if you, the more successful you are, but on and off the pitch, the more money you'll get off the WRU. Uh, like the Scouts will have the biggest uh, uh, biggest budget from the WRU for next season because they've been the most successful. They won the uh, reached last season's uh, Pro 14 final, Champions Cup semi finals, won the Pro 12 the season before. Blues a second because they won the Challenge Cup last season and qualified for the Challenge Cup. Osprey's just behind them in third. And Dragons fourth. What's, what some people don't realise is when the funding is done, or has been done for like this season, it was shared. The regional funding was shared between three regions Astro, um, um, Osprey's, Scarlet's, and Blues. Uh, Dragons didn't come into that equation because they're owned by the WIU, who's got a company called WIU, Gwent Rugby Limited or something. And uh, so their money came direct from central uh, central uh, sources. So they continue to be the poor relations, and if they get less than the other three because they've had a lack of success, and uh, that's been the case for this season. Though they they they, they have got people in the Wales squad this season, so that will help them get more funding further down the line. Yeah. So with these pay bands, it's about five different pay bands, is my understanding. Top earners, which could be a Wales Lion star. Could earn up to four hundred and fifty grand. I assume on top of that, they'll still get a peers money for playing for Wales and bonuses. So you can earn a heck of a lot of money. Uh, so that band, that's the top wage. You know that band could be between. I can't remember the exact figure. But for say example, that could be between two hundred and fifty, four fifty. Yeah. So the wide band, bottom band, a regional rugby player, your journeyman, if you like. So the low end could be earning twenty five, starting off at twenty five grand. But at the higher end of that band could be under ten grand. So there will yeah. still be a market for players. Yeah. Uh, example we used in the article, Scott Baldwin. He's coming out of his NDC, National Dual Contract, the end of the season. He's no longer, he's not in the Wales squad. What he needs to do 
ensure a big payday is getting our Wales gone for the Six Nations. Otherwise, he could be a casualty when it comes to the, um, to what band he's in. So instead of being, say, say we call the top band band A, yeah. he could be down in band C. So, but there's enough of a discrepancy in that band. Say, for example, the Ospreys make him an offer at the bottom of the band. Cardiff Booz, I understand, yeah. are interested in making him an higher offer in the same band or the top offer. He could, you know, he could still earn a lot more money by going to the Blues yeah. and staying at the Ospreys. So there is scope. So you, what I'm saying is you're not stuck on one figure in each band. It's yeah. not as simple as that. Well, you are, yeah. It's not so, so the regions can still compete for players within the band the player is in. It's almost like your council tax band, if you like. You know, A, B, C, D, E. Knowing you, Ben, you're probably uh, in, one of the, uh, in one of the bands with a uh, lot to pay, you know, being a bit of an aristocrat, a landowner, country landowner. But yeah, so anyway, you got all these. So you got these these bands. So it's, it's, it's quite interesting because there've been this talk on there about us strike players wouldn't that be, uh, etc. Uh, but I think they've been uh, they've signed up for it now. Uh, they've been pacified. There've been talks to uh, and um, you know some negotiations, bit of give and take. So they are on board as well as the regions obviously wanted to bring it in. Yep. So everyone's on uh, on. Uh, on board and uh, crack on yeah but of course it, it gesture of goodwill when you look at the funding for this season and next season it's not that much different because the uh, they were almost getting a project reset money in advance if you like as a gesture of goodwill for the deal to be done yeah. and uh, so and, and you know the three regions last uh, in the last WIU financial report that's the what I said Osprey, Scarlet, Blues they, they, if you divided the amount of money they received, which is over twenty million from the WIU, worked about six point eight million per outfit. Uh, though I think the scars got a bit more than the others, you know. But so they are, they are, you know, their budgets. So when you look at the reports, the annual report, the accounts, the budget, the, the money they receive is actually more than a lot of people think. Uh, and the other concern people have had saying, "Oh, that'll be it. End of the benefactors. We need those benefactors if we want to compete with the Irish, the French." The English doesn't necessarily mean the uh, end of the benefactor. It's been explained to me. Well, the benefactor is other ways of putting money in. Most obvious being is a benefactor becomes a sponsor and sponsors the, the say you sponsor the Scarlets with a, a five hundred thousand a year deal or something yeah. to promote one of your products. Like I think uh, Glam Weiss of uh, Weissman's Day. Uh, Davies, one of the uh, funding directors at Scarlets, where he could get Weissman's on the jersey or something. Mm. You know, so not something like that. Or Peter Thomas yeah. couldn't he could get Peter Pies on yeah. the uh, Cardiff Blues jersey. I see that. You know, so uh, there is still scope for benefactor money if people want to can carry on pouring money down a black hole. Yeah, because benefactors never get the returns. The interesting thing with this uh, with these pay bands, and we'll probably we'll see see how it works out in practice, is how often they reassess sort of status of players and how often deals change because of that yeah so say when if a a, a, a band C a band D player who's just a regional sort of yeah, say, journeyman yeah. so suddenly becomes a Wales international overnight yeah well say bandy at the moment but yeah. we call the bottom band bandy so Aaron Wainwright would have been in that band yeah because I just come to the you know, academy and all that uh, wouldn't be earning excellent I think and uh, because he's been such a success, captain internationally by Wales, done well and all that, they would imagine, like 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 the Dragons did last season with Leon Brown, giving an approved deal, 
similar thing would happen pretty rapidly to stop that uh, player perhaps uh, or, you know suitors coming in from him from outside Wales though Wales are helped by keeping people like that in the country by the 60 cap rule yeah that's true you know, if you didn't have the 60 actually, cap yeah. rule it would be a lot easier <laughs> yes to for, just find the money uh, elsewhere, you know, it? clubs elsewhere to pick them off yep that is true yeah so there is going to be a way you know that and, uh, to, to be done it's like with um, with uh, when the players were coming back to uh, Wales, the you know, former region, I first call on your services. But how many people have actually signed for their former regions? Not that many, really. No. Yeah. I can't remember it was eight. Yeah. Was you know, seven, they went to the Ospreys, Norths went to the Ospreys. Bradley Davis went to well, well, the Ospreys, actually. Bradley Davis and the Ospreys. Um, Lydia. Yeah, mentioned him. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting if Scott, uh, if George Adams does go back to the uh, Scarlets when he uh, when I, he returns to Welsh rugby, which I expect to happen at the end of the season. Yeah, could could, could spark a bit of a merry-go-round, couldn't it? All this. Well, only a limited one. It's not that much of a transfer oh, market. Yeah, rugby really is a. Okay. The interesting. A one, merry-go-round. The for, interesting for rugby. The interesting one. On which band would he be in? Would be. If he would come back and Gloucester would let him go, it would be Owen Williams. Which region would he go to? He's ex Scarlet, although he's from the Ospreys area, he's Astrakhan, let's buy. Dragons one outside half. Ospreys, I understand, are looking for an outside half. And uh, maybe the Scarlets would be interested in him as well. So where would he go and which band would he be placed in? Where's Sam Davis being linked with? Sam Davis has been linked away recently, hasn't he? Been linked something like that. Scarlet yeah. or the Blues, which could open the door for Owen Williams. I wouldn't have thought it'd be the Blues, but they got two good, some really good yeah, outside halves. So I, I feel like the Scarlet maybe have been linked with Sam Davis. Yeah, well, Dragon um, might have been linked with him as well, but yeah. the English clubs would be interested in him probably. But you know, I think he's got. I think he's got work to do to convince the Ospreys that he is the answer. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, one final thing before we call it a day um, story that broke which Saturday night um, but Conrad Humphries <laughs> yeah, yeah Jonathan Humphries um, in line to replace Robin McBride as Wales forwards coach interesting uh, it is interesting let me uh, just explain Jonathan Humphries former Wales uh, captain in the mid uh, mid 90s ex-hooker also Cardiff captain and hooker and uh, John made a big impression good bloke John John made a big impression as forwards coach at the Ospreys the likes of Adam Jones rave about him the work he did with the scrum and all he's been up in Scotland and Scotland uh, was for Scotland forwards coach now with uh, Glasgow going well working alongside uh, Dave Rennie uh, he, you know, he's been linked with coming back to returning home yep. to be Wales uh, forwards coach while he was at the Ospreys, we gave him the moniker Comrade Humphreys because he came out with this thing about them being. Have you ever seen Citizen Smith, Ben? Uh, I'm a little bit Wolfie too Smith. young for that one, but yeah, I do, I do well, know anyway, that, yeah. the sketching I was at uh, about the working class heroes and all, and that's how uh, John Humphreys uh, termed the uh, Ospreys working class steel workers, etc. etc. So we gave him the moniker uh, Comrade Humphreys and uh, photoshopped him with the. Uh, uh, Wolfie Smith out of Citizen Smith uh, Barry on etc etc as a revolutionary power to the people yeah power to the people and all that sort of stuff but he's a great bloke uh, um, and uh, there was no player who put his body more on the line than Jonathan Humphreys 
uh, with Wales and Cardiff or whatever. But his nickname is back in the days of uh, fantasy rugby competitions. Uh, one of the winning teams in that was called Offside Humphreys because he lived offside. And I'll never forget a press conference in Canberra, 1996. Wales had just shipped 69 points, I think it was, to the Brumbies. Drove off and scored uh, four tries. And Jonathan had uh, been a rare breed among the Welsh team on duty that day and that he'd continually gone down on the ball and he just had the life kicked out of him. He was covered. He was black and blue. He had a broken hand and he actually carried him into the press conference. He was carried <laughs> carried into the press conference and uh, and gave this press conference and he was black and blue. And then uh, he played in the test with a broken hand. Incredible. He is at there. Uh, yeah, so Jonathan, you know, he... Uh, I think he'd be a good, uh, good Welsh acquisition. He's I think he's good, good. Good coaching credentials. He's got good coaching you know, uh, credentials. Don't suffer no fools. He's, he's worked full on, on you know, competitor. Worked on the Vern Corp of Scotland. Worked on a Dave Rainer. Yeah. Adam Jones. Vern is not doing that well out in Montpellier, by the way. Well, is he was... always cracked up to be? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That but probably, probably helps Jonathan Humphrey's cause a bit, doesn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, working with Rennie, etc. You know, Adam Jones has been vocal about him as a coach mm. in the past, and yeah, you know. So I'm fear I like Adam I Jones like is probably a Wales forwards coach for the future. Could well be. Yeah. So he's got ambitions. Yeah, um, I'd like to see him involved. Yeah, I think he'd be good. Yeah, good value. He might be, you know. Uh, Bryce had his critics, obviously, but maybe him will take him on to uh, another level. Yeah, but of course these coaches like David Humphries and McBride and even Gatlin you know, they get criticism because they've been in their point position so long that's the thing people get tired of yeah, you familiarity breeds contempt yeah, doesn't it yeah just mark my words Audi will get like Audi will get a big job in England or France or somewhere guarantee yeah yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd agree with you I yeah. think that's right that's a, that's a good place uh, to end the podcast it's been a, been a long one today but I suppose we have been, a, been away for a while missed you Ben yeah, well, you'll, you'll miss me a lot more because I'm not here next week. Why not? Ho- ho- holidays. What do you mean you're on holiday next Christmas, week? Christmas shopping. Hang on, you're on holiday. The boys who work in Swansea on the rugby, they're on holiday as well. What's, what's going on? Who's in charge here? Who's giving Dish and all his holidays? Oh, hang someone, on, he's on a sick as well. Else, someone else, someone else. On, the, on that note, we'll leave it. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as always, uh, for all the latest uh, news ahead of next week's... Uh, Big Derby's. Whoa, no, no, no. Yeah, we've got another weekend of European rugby. Yeah, I know, but next week yeah, will be big well, You can throw that forward next yeah. week when oh. South comes back and I'm not here. Oh, sorry, pal. So, yeah, so for all, for all um, the uh, the build-up to next weekend's big European uh, games and all the build-up the following week to the European derbies, you can catch it all on Wales Online.